In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We just Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and on his authority, I thereby forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to his people on earth. with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, we implore you, show your mercy to your humble servants, that we who put no trust in our own merits may not be dealt with after the severity of your judgment, but according to your mercy. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Old Testament reading for the 25th Sunday after Trinity is from Exodus chapter 32. Now when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the people gathered together to Aaron and said to him, Come, make us gods that shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. 
And Aaron said to them, Break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people broke off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hand, and he fashioned it with an engraving tool and made a molded calf. Then they said, This is your God, O Israel, that brought you up out of the land of Egypt. So when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. Then they rose early on the next day, offered up burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. And the Lord said to Moses, Go, get down, for your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made themselves a molded calf and worshipped it and sacrificed to it and said, This is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, and indeed it is a stiff-necked people. Now therefore, let me alone that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them, and I will make you of you a great nation. Then Moses pleaded with the Lord his God and said, Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people, whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt, with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians speak and say, He brought them out to harm them, to kill them in the mountains, and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce wrath and relent from this harm to your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, to whom you swore by your own self and said to them, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven. And all this land that I have spoken of, I give to your descendants, and they shall inherit it forever. So the Lord relented from the harm which he said he would do to his people. And Moses turned and went down from the mountain, and the two tablets of the testimony were in his hand. The tablets were written on both sides. On the one side and on the other they were written. Now the tablets were the work of God, and the writing was the writing of God engraved on the tablets. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said to Moses, There is a noise of war in the camp. But he said, It is not the noise of the shout of victory, nor the noise of the cry of defeat, but the sound of singing I hear. So it was, as soon as he came near the camp, that he saw the calf and the dancing. So Moses' anger became hot, and he cast the tablets out of his hands and broke them at the foot of the mountain. Then he took the calf which they had made, burned it in the fire, and ground it to powder, and he scattered it on the water and made the children of Israel drink it. This is the word of the Lord. Remember your congregation, which 
The epistle is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then those who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 17th chapter. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Now when Jesus was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, See here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. Then Jesus said to the disciples, The days will come upon you when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. And they will say to you, Look here, or look there. Do not go after them or follow them. For as the lightning that flashes out of one part under heaven shines to the other part under heaven, so also will the Son of Man be in his day. But first, he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. And as it was in the days of Noah, so it will also be in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, as it was in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven And destroyed them all. Even so will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. This is the Gospel of the Lord. 
Praise to you, O Christ.
the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When Jesus was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, See here, or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. Then he said to the disciples, The days will come when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. This is the word of the Lord. There is so much to comment on in this Holy Gospel for the 25th Sunday after Trinity. We are today, this Sunday, just about to engage in a national election on Tuesday, electing local, state, and national officials to serve in positions of government. We all have our desires and hopes for the election. But I can tell you now, no matter how the election turns out, who is elected to government and to serve, that's not what the kingdom of God on earth is about. Don't misunderstand me. That doesn't mean that you and I as Christians should not be engaged as citizens. We absolutely should vote. Some of us should allow ourselves to serve in government in various positions of authority, and we do so out of our faith in the Lord Jesus and in love toward our fellow citizens, for our country, for our neighbor, to help them. But let us not suffer the delusion that a prosperous country is the kingdom of God on earth. It isn't. Let us not suffer from the delusion that if we just got inflation under control and we elevated the stock markets and our 401ks recovered, if we made America great again, then finally the kingdom of God would be reestablished among us. No, kingdoms rise and kingdoms fall according to the kind intention of God's will. Jesus remains for us seated at the Father's right hand and he governs the affairs of mankind, including those of the nations of the earth, according to his good purposes. And most especially, that the kingdom of God might be flourished. That is to say that God's word may not be bound but have free course and be preached to the joy and edifying of Christ's holy people. But again, we serve our neighbor in love. As citizens, we are a part of the authority established by God. But what motivates us is faith in the mercy of God in Christ Jesus that exhibits itself in love for our fellow man to do what is good and to advocate those things which are helpful for the maintenance of justice, the punishment of evildoers, and for the praise of those who do well. In the gospel for this Sunday, Jesus is asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come. And he answered and said, the kingdom of God does not come 
with observation. What does that mean? It means that the kingdom of God is hidden. It's not the kingdoms of this world. But it is what the New Testament teaches, the gift of the Holy Spirit and faith in Christ in the heart. It's hidden there. You can't see it, but it's real. And that kingdom of God, the gift of the Holy Spirit and faith in the Lord Jesus as our Savior in the heart, is established by the word of God that is preached. You can hear that. By the sacraments that are administered, you can see those things taking place. It's why Jesus says these words in the gospel for today. See here or see there, the kingdom of God is within you. There's a wonderful ambiguity about this particular verse in our text. The kingdom of God is within you or the kingdom of God is in your midst. The kingdom of God is within you. That is the gift of faith and the Holy Spirit in the heart. And it is in your midst. That is to say, wherever the gospel is preached and wherever the holy sacraments of Christ are administered, there is the kingdom of God. So the preaching of the gospel and the blessed sacraments of the Lord Jesus are that which call us to faith as we will continue to meditate on this week under the third article. And those wonderful sacramental gifts will continue to enlighten us. This is where the kingdom of God is found, in the heart, created by the external gifts of the gospel preached and the sacraments administered. But you can understand how the disciples and the people of Jesus' day might have been confused even by Jesus' own ministry. For when the Son of Man came, what did he do? In preaching the kingdom of God, he healed the sick, he cleansed lepers, he gave sight to the blind, he gave hearing to the deaf. He even raised the dead. And the thing that hacked off the self-righteous scribes and Pharisees is that he received sinners, tax collectors and other sinners, and ate with them. He forgave them their sin, and they couldn't abide it. And so you see throughout the Gospels the joy with which Jesus' ministry was received, especially by the broken and the contrite of heart, those who have been buffeted by the fall into sin and how it affected them in terms of disease and hardship and all manner of suffering of every sort. So many of them had been ostracized from the worshiping community, but in Jesus they were received back called to repentance to be sure, but he forgave their sin. He proclaimed the mercy of God. The kingdom of God is at hand, and they saw it in Jesus. Remember how John the Baptist sent his disciples to Jesus with the question, are you the coming one, or do we look for another? We'll hear that text again in Advent. And Jesus told the disciples of John, go and tell John the things that you hear and see. Jesus' ministry, his miracles, the signs, the healing, were a breaking in of the kingdom of God. They demonstrated that in Jesus the kingdom of God has come, that the forgiveness of sins which he earned in his atoning sacrifice upon the cross would result in the resurrection of the body and the restoration of life from the dead. 
So all of those miracles, those signs of the kingdom, were a foretaste of the kingdom to come. But you can see why the disciples and those who experienced that three-year ministry of Jesus might become confused. As Jesus himself said to the disciples, the days will come when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. Can you imagine it? Oh, if only Jesus were here to cleanse the leper again. Oh, if only Jesus were here to give sight to the blind or hearing to the deaf. If only Jesus were here to fix so much of the brokenness of this world. Instead, the kingdom of God, after Jesus' ascension into heaven, seems to be fraught with all manner of suffering. Christians get sick. Christians get cancer. Christians go blind. Christians go deaf and then they die. Oh, if only the days of the Son of Man were here. Jesus preaches in the gospel for today to prepare the disciples and us for that period of time between his ascension and his second coming. At his second coming, the lightning will indeed flash from the east to the west. And all will see him, even those who pierced his hands and his side and nailed him to the tree. In the meantime, the church suffers. We suffer with weakness from within and without. We suffer according to the flesh. So many of the problems and maladies that the unbelieving world experiences in terms of sickness and disease, even the so-called natural disasters that beset us. But then we also suffer uniquely as Christians in terms of persecution for our faith. Some will be imprisoned. Some will be martyred. Increasingly, the church might find herself, like it does in the United States, to be in the minority in the midst of a society and culture that is marshaled against us and calls us all manner of evil falsely for Jesus' sake. That's what the church is known for in this life, between Jesus' ascension and his second coming. Jesus prepares us for that in the gospel for today. And I know it is emphasized, and not incorrectly, that the latter days can be fraught with all manner of cataclysmic activities, wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes, famine, pestilence. And we've experienced those things. But what Jesus teaches in Luke 17 is that in the latter days leading up to his second coming, it will be very similar to the time of Noah and the time of Lot. As it was in the days of Noah, he says, so it will be in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. That wicked and unbelieving people at the time of Noah completely ignored the preaching of Noah, ridiculed and made fun of him as he built the ark. It continued. Likewise, as it was in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. Sounds pretty ordinary, 
In fact, if we had those things, if we were able to eat and drink and build homes and raise families and have our retirement nest egg all safely tucked away, we might be thinking that that is the kingdom of God, and it isn't. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so will be the day when the Son of Man is revealed, when the lightning flashes from the east and the west, and Jesus comes again in glory. In the meantime, the church is known on this side of the resurrection by suffering. And there's a reason for that. We are members of the body of Christ. As Jesus himself said to the one who would follow him, Lord, I'll follow you wherever you go. He said, foxes have holes. Birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Very often, that's the kind of lack of comforts that the church and Christians seem to experience. We are the body of Christ. And as Jesus' suffering and death is the very source of new life, forgiveness and resurrection, so you and I as the body of Christ are called upon to live by faith in our suffering Savior to bear in our body, as it were, the marks of Jesus. Because through the things that we suffer, particularly the persecution and the ridicule and the blasphemy for being Christians and for clinging to Jesus, not only draw us closer to him, whose very sacrifice of love in his suffering brought about our salvation, but through the way in which we bear this before the world, we give testimony to him who suffered all that we and the world might live. This is where the kingdom of God is found. Luther talked about the marks of the church. Not only the preaching of the gospel and the blessed sacraments of Christ, but he also spoke of Christian prayer and of suffering. Hear these words of Jesus, of of Luther, based on the words of God in Psalm 51. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. Luther writes, it is a very precious promise, if only we could believe it, that our afflictions are to God the most pleasing sacrifices. The Lord delights in our preaching suffering, and sadness. They are the highest sacrifice. But he is not speaking here of the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, but teaches that sorrow and contrition are the greatest sacrifices, for they stay the old man, and they direct our eyes to him who suffered for us. We must never forget that the suffering and death of Jesus upon the cross is the fountain and source of life. And the kingdom of God on earth is manifest when the church faithfully suffers by faith in Jesus, whose suffering brought about our salvation. And so we sang of that suffering, those dear tokens of his passion in the hands.
and in his side and in his feet. Still his dazzling body bears cause of endless exultation to his ransomed worshipers. With what rapture gaze we on those glorious scars? This is the kingdom of God. Even your forgiveness. Life with God and salvation in the midst of suffering. That through our suffering we might cling to him who suffered all that we might live. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. Let us confess the Christian faith with the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible. And in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God, very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us and, and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets, and I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. Implant your word in us that with good and honest hearts we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We humbly implore you to rule and govern your church throughout the world. Bless all those who proclaim your truth, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, and that faith in you may be strengthened, love toward others increase, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Lord, in your mercy, 
Hear our prayer. Gracious Lord, we give thanks for the gift of holy baptism, where you forgive sins and gather your children into your church. Bless all the baptized, especially Caleb Girak, Dan, Donna Lovis, Autumn Christofferson, Mark Miley, Zoe Lafour, Derek Larson, and Eric Kittemeyer, who celebrate their baptismal birthdays this week. Lord, in your mercy, grant your protection, health, and peace to our members who serve in the armed forces of our nation. Jessica Franklin, John Franklin, Yvonne Ingram, Robert Haga, Mark Miley, Morgan Thoney, and David Uttenreiter. Bless our nation and her citizens as we elect leaders in the national elections this week. Grant them to rule according to your good pleasure for the maintenance of righteousness and for the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead quiet and peaceable lives in all godliness and honesty. Lord, in your mercy, according to your good pleasure, turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries so that they may cease their hostilities and walk with us in meekness and in peace. Grant wisdom to our world leaders. Grant courage and steadfastness, especially to those who suffer for your name's sake, that they may receive and accept their afflictions in the confidence that you will acknowledge them as your own. Comfort and sustain all who mourn the death of loved ones, especially the family and friends of Chris Ludke, father of Stacia Ludke, with the sure and certain hope of the resurrection to eternal life for all those who trust in Christ. Lord, in your mercy, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, all who are in need. Strengthen and sustain all those who are sick, especially Marcy Gall, following hospitalization, David Berger, undergoing heart valve replacement surgery this week, Peyton Locklear, receiving chemotherapy for retinoblastoma, Jamilyn Martin receiving treatment for Hodgkin's lymphoma, Kathy Miller, Heather Peters, and Josiah Beringer in cancer treatment. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, you established marriage as the union of one man and one woman. Grant your blessing upon all married couples, especially Lyle and Jan Wolin, and Deacon and Verla Gatchel, who celebrate wedding anniversaries this week that their lives together may be blessed with wisdom, purity, self-sacrifice, and love. Lord, in your mercy, although we have deserved your wrath and punishment, yet we ask you, O most merciful Father, not to remember the sins of our youth, nor our many transgressions. Out of your unspeakable goodness and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger to body and soul. Preserve us from false doctrine, from war, from bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and from despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. In every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all, especially to those who believe. Lord, in your mercy, Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all godly occupations on land, sea, and air, 
and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, crowning them with your blessing. Lord, in your mercy, these and whatsoever other things you would have us ask of you, O God, grant us for the sake of Jesus Christ, your only Son, our Lord and Savior, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who out of love for his fallen creation, humbled himself by taking on the form of a servant, becoming obedient unto death, even death upon a cross. Risen from the dead, he has freed us from an eternal death and given us life everlasting. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Blessed are you, Lord of heaven and earth, for you have had mercy on those whom you created and sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood, as he bids us do in his own testament. 
Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us. To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. As often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. O Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, in giving us your body and blood to eat and to drink, you lead us to remember and confess your holy cross and passion, your blessed death, your rest in the tomb, your resurrection from the dead, your ascension into heaven, and your coming for the final judgment. So remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
let us pray. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, you have given us a foretaste of the feast to come in the Holy Supper of your Son's body and blood. Keep us firm in the true faith throughout our days of pilgrimage, that on the day of his coming we may, together with all your saints, celebrate the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you peace. Amen.